But the truth is, the Hershey Chocolate Company has to wake up in the morning and live with itself. Well, the hell with my shirt! Football! You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Good evening, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Providing quality reviews on random topics since 2013. My name is Michael Hodgins, and with me today, as all days which we record, is the Crofton Steers. Hello, Crofton. Hey, Mike. Sorry, I, I, I gotta give a disclaimer today. I'm using the, those iPhone head, head buds with the built-in microphone, so if my dulcet tones don't come through as clearly, that, that is why. Hmm. Uh, duly noted, and uh, and of course, Bo Schwartz. Hey, how's it going? It's Mr. Bo Schwartz here. <laughs> hello, hello. Pulling out, pulling out the personality. <laughs> yeah, I've got a whole bucket full of personality. Do you want some? Uh, no, I'm I'm all right, but but somebody I'm sure does. All right, well, Bo, Bo is the proverbial bearded bull in the china shop. <laughs> That's right. bearded bull in the China, shop. china since 1979. All right, I'm. <laughs> That's not racist, is it? I don't think so. Anyways, no. do you guys watch the Oscars? I did. I actually did. Yeah, I watched I'm it too. Sorry. Mike, did you tune in? Like no, the rest of the it, world, you iconoclast. No, I. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I had flashbacks to the many years which I looked forward to and did watch the Oscars. And thinking back to those, I was like, oh, shudder. I'm like, I can't watch the Oscars. Because they're always so boring in the end. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that, Mike. Because I, I may have told you guys this story before, but when I was going to university, I was in like you know I'd have all these essays and work due, and I'd procrastinate all the time. And uh, I remember the night the Oscars was on. One year I was in university. All I wanted to do, like all I wanted to do, was watch the Oscars, and I didn't really give a shit about the Oscars. All I wanted to really do was not work, but I, I built up in my brain that the Oscars were the most important thing and that I was being, I was with, in withdrawal of the Oscars. Like I was, uh, I you was missing, missing out. out. I was missing out. And then after, after the following year, after I graduated university, I would always make a point of watching them being like, now I'm, I don't have to like, I don't have to withhold this, this great entertainment from from myself anymore and, and this year was the year only uh, last year a bit but this year where i was like you know what this is a waste of my time <laughs> this, this, this friggin' sucks that was my my be, uh, be glad you finally learned that i feel like it was i feel like i learned that a few years ago and really like why would you watch them what's <laughs> the bottom line well you know i think there's just the pageantry a lot of people are into it but it's also pageantry it's also kind of cool to like for me just i haven't seen a lot of the movies that were on there so it's kind of just neat to see what's available and all that i I saw dallas buyers club on friday yeah it looks pretty good good. i like to see it 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 was good mcconaughey was very good in it it was a good movie yeah well have you guys seen gravity yeah i I saw that that won a lot of awards it's good. I liked it. Yeah. I did too. I yeah. would recommend it. Although one thing that I thought was funny was that I did Gravity is 92 minutes and it was the one movie nominated that I have seen this year. And so I watched a 180 minute award show uh, to 
to uh, to really only reward a movie that was 92 minutes long, the one movie I saw. It seemed kind of ironic. You got screwed over there. I was going to say, I also watched The Pianist the other day. This was like a... What were you on, like a Schindler's List marathon or something? Like, <laughs> It's like... What does that have to do? <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club is not a Holocaust... <laughs> Oh, but it's depressing. It's the Schindler's List phenomenon. It's like it's like watching these movies that are that are that are great movies, but that are completely depressing. I I like how you're like, oh, the Holocaust, such a downer. So boring. <laughs> it is a downer. Is <laughs> yeah, but it's important. It's important to to like. I watched that movie, and after we finished it, Andrew and I were like, wow, that was a heavy movie, but really good. But yeah. man, it was heavy. Yeah. But it's so valuable when those movies really you know just bring you into this space where you're like i can't believe humanity was capable of stuff like that and i'm like that's that's important kind of art and it was a good movie very big downer <laughs> well roman polanski's a excellent filmmaker too um yeah but, roman polanski he's a controversial figure yeah but we don't have time to get into it because we're no, here today on no, a mission and uh that mission is to review a topic selected at random by the random topic generator which mike is now going let's, to let's pull fire on. it up not right. preamble Random topics, here they come. Random <laughs> topics, which one will it be? You like my little song, Crofton? I'm sorry, I'm surprised you didn't rhyme it with bum. Uh, yeah. Freestyle. That's mature of you. Hodgins? <clears throat> is, I think he might have passed um, out. Is he okay? All right. Uh, all right. Oh, there he is. The topic today is uh, welfare. Welfare as in the government getting paid money to the unemployed. Hang on, giving money to the unemployed. Well, I think more than that, I feel like maybe it's broader. You know, people talk about the welfare state and, uh, you know, or which was often related to the nanny state, but basically just it's, it's, I think, an aspect of socialism. Okay. Um, Do you guys have any, like, you know, first-hand expertise on, on the subject? I've been on employment insurance before, but that's what, arguably different. What is the difference? Well, I think, I mean, the thing is, to me, they're both components of the social security net, which in, you know, Western countries, we're like, oh, great, we're good countries because we have a social security net. Uh, and uh, But I think the main difference between, uh, like, employment insurance, you pay into the insurance plan, and then when you, you have temporary financial assistance once you become unemployed, which then expires after you've used up those benefits, whereas welfare, it's kind of like you're like, I, I, I mean, I, I suppose you're just, you're unable to find employment, you have no money, you have no means, so you go to the welfare office and, and uh, apply for a welfare check, which is just a check which will support you financially at a bare minimum. Like we're talking poverty level um, sort of rates. But it's the base level of social kind of security that we have for people who just aren't able to, for whatever reason, make it. Okay, so there is a a distinction here. And I guess we're talking about the concept of welfare, not for those that are using unemployment insurance, although maybe that's an aspect of it, but those who... Like, because let's face it, welfare has negative connotations on it. I think when you listen to conservatives speak, maybe about it, it's people that we're paying for who can't work, and so there may be some cases where it's worthy, but everyone can pick up a shovel and dig something for someone else and get paid for it. 
So the idea is that uh, we're giving our hard-earned money to people who won't work. Yeah, I think, and I think it's often considered a disincentive. So people, again, mostly on the right, will be like, well, why would you ever get a job when we give you $200 a month? <laughs> and I'd be like, uh, because maybe it's not really enough to live a good life on. But, but the, the idea is that you're, you're just getting money for doing nothing and that, why, and that there's no kick in the ass, so to speak, to go out and get a job and contribute to society. Yeah. So, uh, again, I don't, I don't really have firsthand knowledge. I think I knew some folks that were on welfare a long time ago, but I didn't know them very well, so I never asked them these questions. Um, but I guess my sense is, like, as a, as a visceral reaction... And I think I think people feel guilty over this because as a visceral as as a visceral reaction, you do think of it like let's say you had a you know you were in a family or someone your brother's living with you like I'm thinking of uh, National Lampoon's Family Vacation and uh, um, Chevy Chase's brother who's like a welfare kid. you know it's like you have you earn your money and then some other person is just going to come and take advantage of you and so that there's a whole class of people. Who are taking advantage of us we earn income and some of that income that we pay to the government gets diverted to people that we didn't choose uh necessarily i think in the broader scope the idea is that we do choose but what are some cases of of, of you know examples of welfare that are positive like if i get crippled tomorrow and i'm in a wheelchair that's different is it different yeah that's disability mm-hmm. okay so Look, is it, I, is I, mean, it, I have, let's say I have five kids, I'm a single mother, I have five kids, I have to take care of the kids, they're, they're a handful, I don't have, I can't figure out how to get a job, like, you know, for whatever reason, like when does welfare become like something that we're, we wake up in the morning and go, God damn, I help, we, I'm glad well, we well, help yeah, those ahead, individuals. Well, I think like in, in, in the line between, oh, this is disability, this is an accident that happened on the job, like these are all... What I consider social successes that that are the the trademarks of a society that has really gotten there. When you can take care of the weakest members of your society, uh, that reflects well on on what you've created. And um, I, I think that that a, a good example of welfare is um, is my my um, my wife's aunt who who has unfortunately been you know been born with some. Uh, um, intellectual and handicaps and limitations. She's she's worked uh, very hard taking care of her mother her entire life, uh, and uh, and has had a family. Um, there's been uh, they've faced a lot of adversity. Uh, she's faced a lot of adversity, and this stipend from the uh, from the state has allowed her to to keep going and to uh, and to take care of both herself and her family. And I think that's a good example of of, of how. Now, it it hasn't been enough. It, it's not enough to ever elevate her out of a welfare. She she um, and and she has limitations upon herself that that may may prevent her ever from 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 rising above. Um, welfare but at least it, you know when i was a kid i i i saw a, a homeless guy in the street and i remember worrying uh through like junior high and stuff like this when you're trying to figure out what your career is going to be i was like oh man i really don't want to end up as a homeless person and then i realized that somewhere along the lines that 
even if I was unsuccessful, um, originally I would I would receive this welfare from the state that would that would allow me not to be homeless as long as I didn't you know fall into addiction or anything like that. So I find that that security blanket and and the right that you guys mentioned would rail on that security blanket. I find the fact that it is there is a comforting thing for me. It, I it, I think it definitely is. I'm I'm always reminded of and this is the the right's view on this. I mean, you shouldn't crap too much on the right. They're about personal responsibility and you know, well, why don't those people work harder? And and you know, maybe there's there's some validity in those arguments. But recently, one of our ministers, I think it was was James Moore, our I believe industry minister. Anyways, around Christmas time, had said something about how it wasn't the government's job to feed hungry children or help the poor and then people had put all these memes together of comparing him to scrooge and, and, and which <laughs> i remember is hilarious that. and and yeah. uh and i thought really fitting and there are and i watch scrooge every year at christmas and i really like it and there's this there's this line where someone's like oh it's for the poor sir and it's like what of the poor and he's like and he's like the poor he's like are there no workhouses are there no prisons and like, <laughs> prison <laughs> yeah like, and that's his response because because i but i feel like what's what's behind that like because like, what would you do with those people? Like that's the question to say like, yeah, welfare. It's like, oh, it's, we live in the welfare state. All of us people who are contributing to society, we're taking our money and giving to these lazy people who are just sitting there, you know, sucking at the the state's teeth, so to speak. Yeah. And, and but, but, what, but what of those people? What if you, there are probably always going to be some element of, of society where people are falling on hard times, sometimes of their own causing and sometimes of – things outside of their means what of those people if we don't have the social safety net they just all become homeless and as you said Crofton, like that provides that little bit of a net that at least you won't fall right to the very bottom and if we remove it we just you just let those people just uh go around in the gutter i mean well i guess i guess the concern there too would be that people in the gutter start to get desperate and desperate doesn't desperate people don't make for a stable society either right if you you know, you need to disincentivize criminality in a way. Like, I, I think probably that that still remains an issue, but it remains less so if you manage it by at least allowing people the basic means to well, live. Here's an interesting thing I heard recently, which you guys may have heard about as well. Um, you know, the concept of a minimum minimum wage, right? Obviously, yes. yep. and, uh, and, and here in Canada, we're like, oh, the minimum wage, you know, you work these crappy jobs. And I think it's just been raised to, I don't know what it is now. I think it's 10 or 11. It went up recently in Ontario. But what I found interesting, and I'm a very pr- big proponent of minimum wage, but I heard uh, I think Switzerland is proposing a minimum wage for being Swiss, not for working any job. <laughs> and it was, it was something like 2300 a month or something like that. Now, maybe of Swiss francs, that's maybe not that much. I don't really know. Uh, but it was enough to be like, and, and the basic premise was just if you give everyone just a very base amount of money to have their basic necessities met, that that's good for society. And I'm like, wow. And but but what that is, that's a welfare. That's a that is a welfare system. I guess everyone has access to it. Uh, but some of the positives that people might say is if you eliminate that, as you mentioned, both that desperation in people. If you can get rid of that, then maybe you can allow people to excel. You know, that's a positive angle on it. And and um, it's funny how, like, when you think of about the word welfare, 
it it is now taken on so many negative connotations when really it is a positive word you're thinking of someone's welfare like how 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 well they will fare and um and i i think that that it's by and large a positive word but it has negative connotations cuz let's not shy away from the fact and it's true you guys have both both touched on it that there are in fact Lazy people that are substance abusers that are just waiting for their welfare check to roll in so that they can head take it and head right down to the liquor store and sort of continuing uh, the spiral of uh, of addiction. And so, um, so you have a lot of people who are against welfare who would point to it as uh, something that is enabling our vices or enabling laziness. And I I think. While that may be true of some of some people, I think, and perhaps there's a higher percentage of long-term welfare recipients that that might fall into that category. I I think that uh, by and large, it it serves as, as a stepping stone to to help you back to help to help pick you up, uh, and 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 that's how I uh, I like to look at it. Yeah, um, the the grocery store thing. Uh, I know my. Uh... I know someone who spent a close family member who spent time working in a grocery store for a little while, and um, it was in, you know, it was in the Vanya area of town. And they said there's, you know, they it was a joke there that on welfare check day the clientele, the quality of the clientele took a <laughs> took a dip, and including people trying to steal things and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that uh, Mike, that Swiss example that you talked about, like that makes me think of really interesting things because a question that uh, always sort of that comes to mind that I think about is what if all my needs were taken care of? Like in this example, I'd have my groceries, a place to live for the rest of my life. I wouldn't worry. What would I do with myself? And I think I think that's sort of what people when people get out publicly and speak against welfare, like we should all just have incentive to go work, that they miss the point that it takes more than just food and clothing uh, to live. It ta- You need reasons to do the things and to be uh, the person that you are. And I think that these are questions and times that a lot of us struggle with that kind of thing. So, you know, we feel that we have to get a job because we have to get this income in order to take care of ourselves and our loved ones and, you know, have some fun in life. But they're not necessarily the things that we would choose to do. And then left in that vacuum, like let's say you're on welfare and you can, the world's at your fingertips in a way, not financially, but you have all the time in the world. What do you spend that time doing? What are you striving towards? And I think that's a very difficult question. And I think it ties into the idea of welfare in the sense that we're enabled, you know, welfare enables people to just laze about or, or not aim higher or work harder to achieve certain goals. And I think we don't, I'm not sure if we talk about that enough in our country about it's not about going and getting a job it's about what would you like to do with your life and you know what are you trying like what are the things that activities you're engaging in to do it Um, because I really don't like the uh, life is about getting a job and then you know putting up with your family (laughs) and pretending like you like it (laughs) um I was <laughs> I was reminded this is, I mean this is maybe taking a, a, a slightly different bent on it but I was remembered you guys know who Buckminster Fuller is uh the name's familiar cuz you don't forget a name like that it's <laughs> but an interesting it's all I remember no I don't, I don't know 
he's the inventor of the well inventor he had a, held a patent on the geodesic dome uh which i think is he came to prominence that is the like epcot center at disney world or whatever you know the okay. big ball yeah. anyways it's a type of geometric design and he was kind of like a scientist and thinker of i think the 1950s anyways he's an interesting guy but there's this quote um and and I want to I just want to read it because I looked it up because I heard it once and I was like wow this guy was forward thinking okay I'm gonna okay and I quote we must do away with the with the absolutely specious notion that everyone has to earn a living it is a fact today that one in ten thousand of us can make a technological breakthrough capable of supporting all the rest the youth of today are absolutely right in recognizing this nonsense of earning a living. We keep inventing jobs because of this false idea that everyone has to be employed at some kind of drudgery because, according to Malthusian Darwinian theory, he must justify his right to exist. So we must have inspectors of inspectors and people making instruments for inspectors to inspect inspectors. The true business of people should be to go back to school and think about whatever it was they were thinking about before someone came along and told them they had to earn a living. That was so beautiful. It's it's a great quote, and it was it was when I first read it, I was like, wow, this is a this seemed like a mind blowing, you know, idea, and it's but it's, I think there's a lot of truth in it, in it. Uh, and there, I think his he was kind of a futurist in his in his views, and his view is that the, the, that we keep inventing this technology uh, that should be making lives easier and does to a large extent see people working more and more, and maybe something like the Swiss idea of. You just have a base level of welfare so that you're, well, you're just supported could lead people really to accomplish great things without just having to do the drudgery of day to day. I just think that, that while, while it is a good quote, and it is funny that it's from so far back um, because so little has changed, it, it, is, a, it is interesting because you – and you can see where the right would fall in on this. When you say, you know, 10,000 people could not work uh, for the one person that did, or somebody could have an idea or a technological advance that would lead to sustaining, you know, 10,000 other people. Uh, you could see where where it would be easy for that one person to resent the 10,000 that are ne- necessarily benefiting off off their their idea or their you know their earning it's like one person works so 10,000 don't have to well that one person could you know build some sort of resentment but but the, it's it's kind of the idea that someone is spending their time doing sort of nothing at the you know and relying on the other people who do work so I think Crofton's point is 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 taken but I I think it's part of a broader uh discussion of 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 kind of what is what is progress? And it seems like, you know, if you think of like Henry Ford and then you make an assembly line and all this work becomes much more efficient and say, oh, this is great. You know, it'll free up free free time for people, but it, but it hasn't. We always just work more. So I feel like this view of the welfare people being l- lazy, I, I think to me speaks to a broader question of maybe we're working too much and maybe the structure of our society is one which has lost touch with sort of humanity a little bit yeah well i um i often listen i often hear like uh some of the systems in other countries so like we're a country who works 40 hours a week and then depending on your commitment to the company you may work upwards of 80 hours a week where you, you hear about countries who have like a culturally instated like lunch like two or three hour lunch break or they work a couple days a week or you know why is it necessary where's the 40 hours come from who made that decision you know, is, that's just a cultural thing that's just hard to break out of. Actually, you know what? It was Henry Ford who made that. 
because because he realized at one point that it was inefficient yeah, really. to make people work longer than eight. I read this recently, and uh, it was inefficient to make people work longer than eight hours because after that they just were becoming useless. Because human beings need time to do other things than just work. And and I and I guess you know and if I think about myself and the fact I go to work every yeah. day I don't love my job and if I think of you know if I let the, the the sort of my baser emotions and I think of someone always on welfare and they're watching TV all day I could understand where that resentment comes from. No, don't get me wrong, I do not feel resentment for people on welfare because of that. Um, no, I in that makes sense. Like I see both sides of the equation and, and whenever you have like a social program or you have any sort of uh, benefit to society, it's very easy to focus on the small percentage of people that might be abusing the benefit because always there's going to be, there's going to be that it's the same with like say tax loopholes and tax evaders. And like, there's, there's always, there's always people that are going to, um, to abuse it. But at the end, the, the amount of good that it causes both to individuals and to a society at large, I think makes, makes up for any sort of, uh, uh, any sort of few individuals that abuse the system. At least that's my takeaway. Yeah, well, it, it's some of the, some of the things I reflect on are like people have to adapt and conform to a certain system that they've grown up in. But if we imagine things differently, maybe some of these people that we think of when we think of are being on welfare might actually be capable of working four hours a day. Like think of all the people who spend all their time five days a week going to the same place, doing the same things, and then being told they're not pushing themselves when really all their expectations are are to do the same thing, you know, to fill a job, to do it, no matter what. And I had a, a manager I worked with who firmly believed, his name was Marco. Marco, if you're listening, hello. Um, that, you know, people can't stay in the same position for more than a year in a lot of jobs. They need in their lives to experience other things because no matter, in spite of themselves, no matter how hard they try, they're done with that. I mean, we can't do a thing for 35, 45 years. And I think that some individuals, even me to a certain extent, although I guess I've been able to push myself, I've held down jobs for very long periods of time, um, get get very bored, need to see more, do more of the world. And if I'm going to be a working person, I'd like to, to learn a lot of different things. And um, it can be very difficult when you get into that work rut to challenge yourself, to change the status quo, and to do all those kinds of things. And I suspect that of those people who are on welfare, who could work, who that don't work, um, don't well, want to be a part well, of that I world. have a question but for I, you, actually. Are left in the margins. Uh, if- if you you're currently, as you've mentioned in previous episodes of the podcast, you you finished as a manager and and are no longer employed. Are you currently on welfare? No, I I live off my own funds. Right, your own funds, which you've amassed. So you you didn't even go on employment insurance. You just had saved up a certain yeah. amount of money, right? That's right. Yes. Well, so, you wouldn't be allowed to go on unemployment insurance, but you. Uh, you're right because he left willingly. Yeah. Um, so okay, Bo. If 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 you spent if you spent all your money, let's say, and you uh, you had no money left, um, you would have two options. You would have to one to look for work, or B to go to go on welfare. Yes. Um, would you? Let's say this is a hypothetical. 
would you consider going on welfare? Say you weren't able to find a job or would you try and get loans from your family and this sort of stuff? What would you be, if you ran out of money, what would you do? If I ran out of money tomorrow, um, I'd probably get a job, but I'd want to go on welfare. And the, the, the reason why that's the answer is, is cause I'm too proud for handouts. Um, I don't like getting help from people or I don't like, I don't want to be seen as a welfare person. So, and, but so you said you, I you, would do something I wouldn't want to do and be unhappy. And I think we say that I'm unemployed right now and we joke about it. And in a lot of people's minds, technically that's what I am. But I happen to believe that, um, I'm not defining myself that way. I have this podcast that I'm working on. And I'd like to be directing myself towards other projects and redefining the idea of employment for myself. Um, Because what you've described is like the failure of what I'm doing, which is I'm out of money. I'm out of options. I have to just, I have to go be a bartender. (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not saying that necessarily. And I might've misunderstood you originally because it sounded like you said you wanted to go on to welfare, but what you're saying is you don't want to go on to welfare because you're, you're too proud. And I think that that is an image in that, uh, that welfare is considered like rock bottom. And that once you're, once you're on welfare, like you've reached, you've reached, uh, the lowest, you know, the lowest point. And I find that like, I find that kind of kind of troubling uh, in a way, but like I can under I guess I can understand it. But I'm healthy enough to pick up a shovel and get to work. It's how I was raised, you but, know. And- but you see, that attitude I find is is not is the attitude of the right. I find when it comes to it's like oh, people are choosing not to work. You know, oh, they're healthy enough. Why don't they just pick up a shovel? Well, well, there's so- this there's this element, and I, I mentioned it briefly before, which I think is a, is a, is a valid one. Is one of personal responsibility and. So Bose left his job willingly. He saved up a lot of money. He's got that money. So he's made his own safety net, which will last him for as long as he can and then probably get a job again. And some people say, great, that's personal responsibility. He's he's taking responsibility for his own life. And people just see that that welfare – uh, they they don't do that. Like, well, why didn't they get a job like Bo and work and save up that money and then support themselves? But what so, if the economy changed? What if the the amount of jobs that were available when Bo left his position, they're they're not there necessarily anymore, right? But but still, even though the whole the whole landscape has changed, and and that Bo would be a victim of this, he would end up he would end up be seeing seeing himself and, and feeling that society sees him as a failure, when in fact, really, he's just a victim of an external circumstance. Well, let's say uh, the value of money, there's a huge inflation spike and all my money gets devalued. Well, the people, it affected everyone, but the people currently working maybe can weather it a lot better than someone who has savings. Um, that would have that would affect me. But if there were no jobs, I'd have to move somewhere where there were jobs or I have to find a means through which to care for my food in my belly and all that kind of stuff and and make make no mistake like people on welfare um really have to scrounge just it's not like they're they're living a ritzy lifestyle it's they suffer uh, yeah it's 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 a poverty amount that they're getting it's just really the bare the bare minimum um so i feel like this notion that they're just you know free riding on the rest of us um but i think some some you know um People, I guess, who are more conservative in their views would say, well, if we all went on welfare, if everyone did, then, you know, society would collapse, which is, which is tr- 
true, you know, to, to some extent, because who would be paying the tax money, which would then support the social safety net? I think that that is, um, you know, a, a little bit out there, and I think not wholly based in reality to, to say that. Uh, but I think that that's some people's view. Yeah, it's like I, I hate those hypotheticals because you can do that with almost anything and oh, be yeah. like, what if we were all, you know, billionaires? Well, then, you know, we could have the richest country in the world. You know, like, yeah, that's true. But is it likely? No. Um, no, you know, there's always going to be want. There's always going to be people wanting to. And and, and uh, people just, I find welfare is something that there's so many artificial constructs around. People are saying like, oh, yeah, this person uh, it loves being on welfare because they can just sit around and watch TV and they're healthy. Why don't they pick up a shovel? And like, I find I find all that I, all that stuff is is like everybody has an individual situation, and this is a safety net that is there to help. Um, and 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 we've reached the point as a country in which we're able to provide this uh, to our citizens. And I feel it's something that should be celebrated and not seen as like the shame of a nation or well, something like that. One more thing that I feel like I feel like I'd like to. To, to to mention is it and again we've talked about it a couple a, a few times is the fact that it's poverty um poverty sort of levels of wages and i think that what often and, and this you know you'll hear about the poverty cycle so that if you have um children born in poverty they're often likely to spend the rest of their lives in poverty too and that happens with welfare so you have families on welfare oftentimes you know they, they maybe don't have educational advantages or there's broken families there's other issues there's a lot of issues associated with poverty and welfare is a com- uh, is a component of that and and people have this so i think sometimes you get stuck in this poverty loop or poverty trap and 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 welfare can help enable that because when you're living on welfare, you're living in poverty, and it's hard to get out of that. Now, you know, I agree with you, Croft, and I think it is something that should be lauded that we that we 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 have these social safety nets. But poverty is a huge problem, whether you're on welfare or just working poor, uh, and it's hard to get out of those cycles and loops. And that and that you know there is something to the fact that if if you're just using the the state to keep you in that that bottom wrong it's, it's it's not really good for anyone including the people who are who are living there i think it's good to have it and but i think there's major improvements we still need to make as a society to improve our social safety nets to make people actually upwardly mobile and improve quality of life all around so anyway are you guys getting ready for for verdicts i feel yeah. like i could, yeah I, I am. I just have one thing to yeah, add to, to what Mike just Mike just said. I, I agree 100% with you, um, but I think the problem with what you're saying in terms of, of – what you're saying is that wel- welfare is the base poverty line and we could do better, which I agree 100% with. But I think that we're not going to do better until it's no longer a dirty word. And, uh, and I really, I really do, I do think right now that, that is considered, uh, by people as, as, as a dirty word, as like, uh, as, you know, a There's sign a stigma, of stigma. Yeah. Yeah, stigma, sign of individual failure, um, uh, the, a sign from the outside looking in is, oh, these people are choosing to be on welfare uh, and they're choosing to receive this money. Until we overcome uh, that stigma like they have done in many European countries, uh, it will be difficult to enhance the state of welfare because you're always going to have the right wing uh, in that uh, pointing at, uh, uh, you know, reinforcing the stigma in, in hopes of of like you know spending tax monies elsewhere like building jails 
<laughs> and workhouses. Are there no workhouses? <laughs> Where are, are there the no workhouses? <laughs> workhouses. What is that? It's from the Victorian era where yeah. you're like, your child's eight years old, put them in a workhouse. What are they doing at home? <laughs> School. Are there no prisons? They, can they not fit in the coal mine? They have small hands. Good for working in machinery. <laughs> it's, it's funny because whenever uh, you think about like society without social safety nets, you should go read some Charles Dickens and get oh, a yeah. sense of what the I world know. is like industrialized with no social safety is not good all right i'm ready to move into verdict uh i guess i'll go first crofton i want to thank you for the question that you pose because um i definitely see i definitely hear you that it is isn't something we should vilify and one of those questions about how you feel about something uh is when you're put in that position yourself right and i'm like no i wouldn't welfare ew yuck and so that's a that's a pretty uh conflicted sort of feeling to have um, that being said, I do believe in, in helping people and promoting that baseline of society. Again, on the other side, nece- you know, I think people believe in that saying, necessity is the mother of invention. And if you take everything away, you know, you push the bird out of the nest, then it will fly. But some people won't fly and they'll die. They'll wither and die. And so I'm very conflicted on it. Uh, but overall, I'm going to have to say I like the idea of helping out our fellow man and woman. Um, so that uh, welfare is good. But, uh, you know, I hope I, I, I don't ever want to have to take, accept welfare. And sorry if that makes me snobby. It, it, I don't think it makes you snobby. <laughs> you snobbo. You're trying to live <laughs> above welfare. <laughs> Those dirty urchins in the street. Ew. On the welfare. No, I could, I could see why. Uh, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, I was thinking about it. And, and I mentioned in a preview podcast when we were talking about money how i don't uh, i've been fortunate and it, it, when you look at parents uh my father worked uh, in the government uh, in communications that's where i work i pull in what i'm sure is an extremely comparable salary to what he pulled in i'm educated to the same levels as he was educated i don't think that that's a coincidence and definitely uh there there is much to be said about continued cycles of poverty in that um and, and that's why I find that that's another reason why I find welfare is so important. And I think probably listening to this, you, you know where I'm going with my verdict. But, but it is, it is I do believe firmly the mark of a successful society is how you treat the uh, most vulnerable members of your society. And I think if talking about people with handicaps, talking about people uh, who, who are not able to, to lift themselves up without a helping hand, and I think welfare is in many ways that helping hand. And for that, I have to say that it is a good thing. Well, uh, I guess that just leaves me. And um, I feel like I've said a few times on the show w- when going on various rants about things that I put my socialist hat on. And I feel like I'm, I'm kind of of that bent. I believe in socialism. I like, uh, I like the degree of socialism we have in this country. And I think it could even be bolstered. Uh, and I think welfare is a part of that. that as Crofton stated very well, we don't want you know, to let those vulnerable people fall through the cracks. So I also think that um, welfare is a good thing. And I'll, and I'll just add to that 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 I think if there's one uh, thing that's the issue with it is that it's still leaving those people in poverty. And I feel like we need to do more to uh, to kind of make it a better program or a better system. Let us look to Switzerland, not only for their chocolate <laughs> and ski hills, but also for their minimum wage for all. Hey, Mike, 
you and Obama would get on well. You're both socialists from Kenya. No, no, he's a communist, Croft, and I'd never oh. go that far. Oh, he was, I'm sorry. He was a communist, yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. He wasn't really elected or whatever. Yeah. Also, he, <laughs> also, Obama likes McDonald's, but you said the people that go to McDonald's are the scum of the earth. <laughs> well, I was. Being, well, did I? Yeah, I was, but I was just being jokey because it was Sorry, McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just. I heard a stat you. today about McDonald's. One in five meals eaten. This might be in the states, but one in five meals eaten is at McDonald's. That, like, really? Can that be true? Because it was I don't even know that that's, that seems pretty crazy. Well, they have really good deals, though. The, because the first bit I heard that I read, where was I reading this? I can't even remember. That just goes to show how don't trust this information. <laughs> but uh, the first bit was saying that like back in the, I don't know, when what time era was, say 100 years ago, something like 2% two per, uh, of all meals were not eaten in the home. So you basically everyone ate at home. That's yeah. where you ate. Yeah. And now and now it's like fifty percent. And then they said, and one in five is at McDonald's. And I was like, what? <laughs> there you go. Maybe they mean one in five of that fifty percent. Maybe that you eat out. But in any case, that's a high. That's percent. some really impressive market share. All right. If you want to email us to discuss McDonald's market share or um, what was our topic? Welfare. But- Welfare. Yeah, of course. Jeez, I had a blonde moment um if you and don't crap on blondes sorry i'll cut down on the black tar heroin um if you want to email us about black tar heroin welfare or mcdonald's market share you can email us at goodbadbs at gmail.com if you want to subscribe to our show visit our website at gbbpodcast.com there you'll find links to itunes stitcher and an rss feed if you're using a regular regular old podcatcher um you can also follow us on twitter at goodbadbull and like our facebook page there's a link on the site um crofton if our listeners are interested in finding out more about you and what you're up to where can they do that they can find me propagating the socialist word of mike hodgins at crofton steers on twitter okay and if uh, you if our audience members if our listeners want to find out more about you mike where can they find you well they, crofton already said it. they're going to find me propagating socialist ideas he's just going to then spread them on twitter so okay i thought maybe you're going to say they could find you at the welfare office but you're too snobby for that. Uh, <laughs> maybe one no, maybe one day. I'm not above it. <laughs> okay. And you can find me at Bo Schwartz. I want to thank you all for joining us today. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. On behalf of Crofton and Mike, I'd like to say have a nice day. Thanks, Bo. At the welfare office. You don't speak for me. I want everyone to have an excellent day. There you go. I don't want you to die when you're 60. Yeah, Bo, you fucking idiot. Yeah, Bo, you fucker. Uh, (laughs) Don't you know that, you moron? That's awesome.